Are you a fan of things that go bump in the night? Chills up your spine, paralyzed by fright. Thrilled by horror at the center of a chat. Then welcome to the Nerds from the Crypt podcast. Hello, and thank you for joining us here on Nerds from the Crypt. I'm your host, Saul. And I'm Greg. I'm David. And um, I want to go ahead and just before we even start anything, I want to go ahead and thank all of you for hanging in there with us during our hiatus. Um, it seems to be the summer se- the summer season seems to be a very busy season for uh, I think all three of us here. So busy. <laughs> um, I personally, I I just had some some personal stuff that I had to get taken care of. Um, work just overloaded me, and um, Greg's been busy. Um, Going around the country. There was a lot of traveling, a lot of book selling, uh, a lot of grandma road tripping. And, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, when you open a store and, uh, and don't think that it's going to be, you think it might be kind of slow. And then all of a sudden people find you and you're like, Oh, I got to be here. Yeah. It gets nuts. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just, uh, open the door store and just take off. No, you can't just like take off because people come back and they're like, where were you? I was like, oh, I had to go places. You've been gone for like a week. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, how you guys, guys been um, other than and traveling? Pretty good. David? I've been very good. David's uh, been doing some, some um, new stuff. Yeah, right now I'm uh, teaching at an outdoor program. I'm in charge of a whole geology department and I'm building curriculum for kids coming out to learn in the woods about environmental science, it rocks. Yeah, <laughs> you're not you're not teaching them uh, horror stuff, are you? Oh, you know we get there with the ghost stories, but one step at a time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So I want to go ahead and uh, jump into today's episode. Um, we ran into um, this project actually before it was even on project on Kickstarter uh, about a couple of months ago. And I wanted just to go ahead and introduce to you one of the, the creators. Um, Shane, how are you doing today? Hey, guys. I'm doing pretty good. I got a little tiny cold, but other than that, I'm doing great. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I didn't even give your full name. It's Shane Hunt. Yeah. And uh, you are uh, an artist for, for the project? Yeah, that's right. I'm the artist. And then my best friend, Kurt Tuckfield, is the author of the book. And he's not here today, but... But he left it in your hands to be able to talk to us about about the project, though. <laughs> so we're talking about scary stories, a tribute to terror, and this this um this project actually caught my caught my eye when we were getting ready to do uh, scary stories to tell in the dark, which that was one of the episodes that kind of fell on the wayside <laughs> and we got really busy, but. But it will come out. But we wanted to make sure to get this one out because it's on Kickstarter already. Um, so Shane, what can you tell us um, first before we even talk about the actual actual Kickstarter pro- um, project? Mm-hmm. We want to know a little bit about you. Uh, what can you tell us? Um, how did how did this come around? Sure. Well, I mean, <clears throat> Kurt and I have been, like I said, best friends since we were like fifteen years old. But even before that, when we were both really young. We discovered these books, and it's the cliche story you hear everyone tell. It's you know you found it in your elementary school library, and it was kind of like a, the forbidden book because you it seemed like it was too dark or too scary or too weird, and it didn't feel like it belonged there. And so I don't know. I just became obsessed with the book from a really young age, and then I just kind of forgot about it and didn't think a lot about it 
for many years and went to school. I have an animation degree from Brigham Young University. And I've worked professionally as an illustrator and designer for many years. But like back in 2015, I was I actually got the, the new iPad Pro and it had this cool brush that I downloaded that I was just messing around and suddenly realized, wait a minute, this kind of feels like that old Stephen Gamble scary story style art. Mm. I wonder if I could emulate this a little bit. And Kurt said, you know, what if I wrote some stories? And we decided at that moment, let's let's do this just for fun, just for ourselves. So, so just a coincidence that it just came out of came out of a brush. Yeah, it all came out of yeah, just downloading one brush. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I mean, that's 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 something that um, I hadn't heard before. But I guess that kind of that's kind of how this podcast kind of started. Um, kind of just ran into Greg over here, oh, or continued actually. <laughs> on one of my early episodes and then I'm like, Hey Greg, join me. And you just kind of just kept going. <laughs> so what is um, your background with, with horror? Did you grow up loving horror? You said you read the books growing up, but did you, before the books, did you like horror? Um, well, my, my family wasn't opposed to horror or anything, but it wasn't a big part of growing up necessarily. <clears throat> um, thing I, the thing I attribute my love of horror to actually is the game Earthbound for the Super Nintendo. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever okay. heard that. So there's just like several moments in that game that get really creepy and dark and weird. And like there's this whole town where you're three, where you're like surrounded by zombies and it's really dark outside. And it has that great Halloween feel. Yeah. We were always obsessed with Halloween growing up. So that's probably really the impetus of my love for horror. And then just when I met Kurt, he introduced me to all the rated R horror movies. My family was a little more conservative, so we didn't watch the <laughs> Suddenly I'm watching the, the Thing and Nightmare on Elm Street and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I love this stuff. <laughs> He's like cracked your mind open and like expanded it for you. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I, I love the fact that earthbound was your like kind of gateway. Cause like I, my wife and I have a retro store. So like earthbound SNES <laughs> is just like, <laughs> just yeah. yeah it's, I mean, and then the moment when you're that, the character named Pooh and you're standing on this mountain and like suddenly this ghost like overcomes you and like tells you he's going to take your eyes and then he's going to take your arms <laughs> and legs and he's going to take your mind and you allow right. it time and it's just get darker and darker and then suddenly you realize it was all just like this zen test just to see if you were willing to like give up your mortal connection or whatever and yeah it's great how far how far are you willing to go to and give up and it's oh, man. yeah yeah That's scared cool. me. now let's um talk a little bit about the Kickstarter campaign. This started on um, October 1st, right? Well, yeah, the the Kickstarter campaign itself started on October 1st, but it's a little bit of a different situation because Kickstarter's, it, it seems like it has a little bit of a, lately, it, there's like this hesitation from people to pursue Kickstarter campaigns just because there's people have been burned. And so what we decided to do was complete the project entirely on in our own time before we even launched the Kickstarter. So the project is done. We just needed, I mean, there's some polishing up on the art that needs to be done, but mm -hmm. generally it's pretty much finished. And uh, at this point, the Kickstarter is just to be able to raise publishing funds to 
get it to the hands of, of scary stories fans. Gotcha. So how, how long have you actually been working on this um, particular project? Well, the very first drawing I ever did that actually is going to make it into the book I made in December of 2015. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. So almost, almost four years. Yeah. And I got to say the the drawings. Wow. Yeah. Oh, thank, you. thank you. Very, um, like if, like if we didn't know it was a tribute, mm-hmm. um, project, mm-hmm. you would think that it was just another, another book for, in the series. That that's huge to hear. Thank you so much. I, yeah. I mean, no matter what happens as an artist, what you're going to inject yourself and your own personality into every piece. And so no matter what, it's never going to be a hundred percent there. And Kurt and I want to make absolutely clear that our intention was never to try to like replace the scary stories book or, or, you know, take their place or anything like that. Um, both of us still feel like nothing can ever compare really <laughs> to those books. Um, our, what we were trying to do here is just emulate them as closely as possible and hopefully provide a new scary stories type experience for fans. That's basically it. Well, I think with the passing and uh, and and that that area of you know where you have a lot of fans that are at that age where we are moving into different aspects of our lives and we have uh, younger fans in our lives that we want to share these things with and they're yeah. wondering where's the next one, where, where, yeah. what do you have next? This is a great this is a great opportunity to be able to share something like that with them. And, you know, you did a great job in emulating that style. Like Saul said, when I saw the artwork, I was just like, wow, that baseball bat image was just like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Is that Greg? Thanks, Greg. Yeah. Yeah, So, Oh, go ahead. At any point during this process, um, did you kind of know about Guillermo Toro on the radar, making the the movie um, in any way? Yeah. So, oh man, that was crazy. So yeah, we started this project when there was no other scary stories project that we knew of. And after a couple years, suddenly we start hearing rumblings of like a new project that Guillermo del Toro was doing. And we start looking into it. Oh no, there's a movie coming out. We got to finish in time. And there was no way though. (laughs) Like there's no way we're going to finish before the movie. So, oh, well, we'll just, you know, go after, even though I, I understand that that's going to make some perception that we're like trying to ride the coattails of the film or something. But even more than that, though, I don't know if you guys know this Harper Collins, the actual owner of the publishing rights to scary stories to tell in the dark. Um, they kind of privately announced kind of publicly, but they're not really pushing it yet. They're officially supposedly making a new scary stories to tell in the dark book. Oh, interesting. I know. what I think I heard that. Yeah, I don't know if I heard it because there's the documentary Scary Story, mm-hmm. um, which we are still needing to reschedule our interview with the, with the director. Okay, um, <laughs> and I think if if it's not on there, I read it somewhere else, but I think it was on that documentary. But I'm, I I can't I, I could be wrong. So I actually worked on I worked on the documentary. Really? Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, so I I provided all the little animated sequences oh. that were in the film. Oh, the moving. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. So we've Man, seen your awesome. we saw your artwork before we. Oh. 
so Coat, what happened was I was working on this book with my buddy Kurt and I had posted a bunch of our art and I saw that someone was making a scary stories documentary and I thought, you know what, this would be a perfect opportunity to make some connections in the scary stories world. So I contacted Cody Merrick, the director, mm-hmm. and just showed him what I was working on and he got back to me and was like, hey, do you know animation? And I have an animation degree. Uh, <laughs> so he said, all right, do you want to make some animation for the documentary? And that worked out really well, actually, for me. Dude, that was like my wife's favorite part of the whole entire, as we were watching the documentary, she was like, all these little animation vignettes are just like the best. So <laughs> that is not librarian. That is like <laughs> absolute, the real talk. Yeah, like I'm really proud of that work that I did for that documentary, but I, I it was pretty early on in my research of like Gamble's style. And so I hadn't quite grasped it yet, but it was, it's pretty solid. Most people don't recognize, like I'm really critical of my work, obviously. So most people won't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, 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 I get a, a little bit of a grasp because it's a little bit different here with the, with the podcast is audio and all that, but I, 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 I think I get what you're trying to say. Yeah, like, um, oh, what's the guy's name who does um, NPR's Amer- This American Life? I can't remember his name. Oh, uh, Ira? Ira Glass, yeah. He talks about, yes. like, the, how if you have a good sense of taste, then, like, the, the work you do will never stand up to the expectation you have for it. Mm-hmm. And I think all that means is that it doesn't mean you're bad. It doesn't mean you suck. It just means you have great taste. Yeah, and sometimes it does uh, when you feel like you're not doing what you think you should be able to do. Right. It kind of it kind of brings you down a little. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, uh, you, when you hear people saying like, "Oh, you know, I enjoyed this and do that," it makes it makes it all worthwhile. Yeah, exactly. So, going to the to back to to scary stories in the dark. What was your favorite story? Which is the one that stuck with you the the most? So the one that I always thought about was kind of a non-traditional one. It was, it's a story called something fell from a loft mm-hmm. and it's, <clears throat> let's see, I can't remember exactly which book it's in, but um, there's this story about this. It's like, it's being told by per- first person from this sailor talking about this story about some guy that's um, haunted by, his past or something. And I can't remember exactly what happens, but at some point, some creature like falls from the loft, like falls from up in the crow's nest and lands on the deck of the ship. And the way Alvin Schwartz described it and his writing is some of his best writing. I think he's known for doing like kind of simplistic writing in most of the books, but this story has a lot of really interesting prose and and descriptive text. But the, honestly, the thing about it that scared me the most was the illustration because it's, I don't know if you guys remember it, but it's like, there's like this ghoulish creature that's got his arms wrapped around somebody and they're both falling. Mm-hmm. And the creature's just like, he's got this big smile on his face. Like he's just <laughs> loving it. Like he's so happy to be destroying himself with you. And I, I don't know why, but that, I don't know, even talking about it gives me like, goosebumps. Yeah, actually, I had I had already asked you about that because um, the original, the first episode that was supposed to come out was us talking about the the whole series and then having people either write into us or or submit their their um, 
audio clips of this. So I might just reuse this little clip you just used right now to when I go back and finally we actually do do oh. the, the actual episode. Yeah. Um, I inserted that in there and then I'll make sure to link back to this one. But, um, yeah, no, you're actually not the f- only person that gave me that story as, as oh, their, their favorite. Good. Um, cool. I got at least, I, th- I think at least other two people uh, that, that talked about it. Cool. And, um, it is a, it, like you said, it's not a traditional one that from, from what I remember, uh, being from his books. And I think it, if I'm not, Mistaken. I think it's the third one. It's actually the second one. I just looked. Second up. one. Okay. As far as the project here, um, your your project, scary stories, a tribute to terror. Mm-hmm. Um, was there a specific drawing that you that you really enjoyed that really got you into more than the rest of them? Um, I think the one that I've been most excited about that I felt like really nailed the style was this um picture of the library. Um, bookshelf. It's just this bookshelf next to a brick wall with a bunch of those black stringy things coming off of it. And I don't know why, but somehow like everything just worked together and came together for that one image. And I feel like it's, it's the one that really made me think, okay, this is going to work. This is, this is possible. Hmm. Before that, I was like, no, I don't think people are going to buy it. But now I'm kind of, at that point I was kind of sold. Nice. So how do you, and, and this is um, maybe uh, something that you might not mm-hmm. want to give away. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you make the, the, the pages look <laughs> like, like it, like it is from the, like the, from the originals right? stories? Oh man, it's a, it's a big complex process. It's, it, it's back and forth all over the place. So you, they all started on the iPad. They all start digitally. Um, and just, just because like, I don't have, I, Stephen Gamble's a madman. Okay, <laughs> his his work doesn't make any sense. It doesn't fit anything I've ever learned about art or design or anything, and so I have to just completely switch over my entire artistic sensibility. Everything I've ever learned is wrong. Um, like light and shadow doesn't work the same way as it should. Like he doesn't follow the laws of physics. His anatomy is. It's never accurate. It's always off, but just enough to make it feel like some sort of weird dreamlike thing. And so because of that, I really have to do it digitally first or else I'd, I'd never be able to like capture that because I have to make a ton of adjustments and changes until I feel like there's something interesting going on. And then what I'll usually do is take that and um, recreate it with graphite and like ink wash and ink and stuff. And so that I can try to capture and emulate the the same uh, technique and look of his work, and then I'll even after that I'll go back and rescan that, and then touch it up digitally again and fix it up in Photoshop or in whatever until I really feel like I've nailed it. And then I'll do some sort of like noise or like paper texture overlay and really just keep messing with it and tweaking it until I feel like it really is there. So. It's a big process. So it's fair to say that you've turned into a medman as well. <laughs> he's, he's driven me to insanity many times. <laughs> no, I, I mean, like I've already said it, the, the artwork looks amazing, but not only that in the sample that you have on the website, mm-hmm. it makes it look like the pages are this, like these older, like they've been around since the time that the original stories came around. Yeah. 
Yeah, everyone's obsessed with like acid-free paper now in the printing industry. But back then, it was like acid. Bring all the acid, man, because we want it to turn yellow, yellow, yellow when it gets old. <laughs> man, I, I've been talking to our printer that's going to be printing our book, trying to hopefully find some sort of paper that can match or feel that same, have that same texture and feel the same way. But I don't think it's really available anymore. Mm. Don't like that like, kind of paper anymore. So you're looking for something that gives you the same type of feel, but it won't actually. Or age well. as well as bad, or I mean, if it did, it, that would be awesome. But yeah, I don't. Know. <laughs> but that, that was all just so Photoshop. So on the sample, what was sort of the process of uh, of picking? Was there like a theme to uh, the stories you wanted to to write and include, or is it kind of just whatever whatever Kurt was thinking of writing to fit your illustrations? Yeah, we got to talk about Kurt because this guy, he's really he's been like behind the whole thing like if it wasn't for him this never would have happened mm -hmm. he's been pushing me all along like i don't know if you guys watched the making of video that we have on our website yes it depicts him like tormenting it's a joke but it feels <laughs> like whipping me basically and like in the cage like you will do better you will get you know get more accurate <laughs> that's it's all writers they're artists though <laughs> oh that's him that is exactly what our relationship is like right now and it drives me crazy but he's always right and it oh, that makes me even more mad when he's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah his so his style of writing is really he's he's got like this extreme nostalgia and he's got this extreme sense of like childhood fear and <clears throat> so most of the stories that he writes come from his own mind and imaginations or nightmares that he's had. And I, I hate saying that because most of the time when people try to tell you their nightmare, it's like, uh, yeah, this is boring. I don't care. I know it's scary to you, but no one else cares. <laughs> but Kurt, I don't know. He's got some sort of dream disorder or something because he comes up with these crazy, interesting, weird ideas that have great twists, just like the original books. That's cool. And uh, basically I just kind of, I, I haven't really, critiqued or changed much with his stories except to just to add a few suggestions here and there and then just like going through editing gr grammar and, and spelling and stuff like that was there uh was there is there one story in particular that uh he he did that just like i no sport you know i mean obviously no spoilers but that you're like oh this is the one um when when people are reading this that that you're like this is the like this the big toe or something yeah <laughs> i don't know if there's a big toe in our book but um because you never know how people are going to respond to these stories uh, yeah 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 it's impossible to say like the one that i respond to the most is a story um called the fortune teller and it's just about a woman who is um out and about and comes across a fortune teller and decides to have a little fun and goes inside and is told some pretty horrific things that are going to happen to her. And then they start happening and mm -hmm. I don't want to spoil it, but the end blew me away. I was like, this is, this is great. This is wonderful. And when I read it, I just thought, okay, this is going to work. People are, I think people are going to really like this book. So I like it. Cause like, I mean, right there, you're already playing with the things like, I, I love I love the idea of mystics and and talking to them, but I also am afraid of hearing what they have to say. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time Kurt wrote a new story and shared it with me, I was like, "Wait, how did you come up with this idea? This is genius. This is great." And so I don't know. I I mean, 
I, I've tried writing a book before and it's fun, but he's, he's definitely got a sense for it. Very cool. Is he uh, a writer by trade himself? No, he, I mean, he's written many stories, but they've always just been fun things for, to share online and to, you know, have a, they've always had just a really small audience, but he's, I mean, he's written lots of short stories and novelettes and stuff. This is the first time he's really trying to make it a professional production and we're going to have it, you know, edited by a professional editor and everything. So let's talk about the campaign on yeah. Kickstarter. Sure. So we talked about the project Cheers. here, but yeah, let's, let's talk about what people can actually get by backing the, uh, the project. Okay. Um, right now we have the base price of the book where you can just get the, just the book and we'll sign Kurt and I will both sign it and send it to you maybe with an extra little goodie or two. And that's just 24 plus shipping. And then very scary option. You can get the book cheaper if you get two. Um, so if you get two copies, you can get it for 39 total, which is like 1950 each. Mm -hmm. Um, and we'll sign both of those. Uh, you can also get, um, a copy of the book along with a big high quality print, like a nice print of one of the pieces of art. And what we'll do is Kurt and I will choose like the five best pieces that we feel re are most representational. And you can choose from one of those five. Um, we do that because we didn't want to put every people, piece of art out so that they're all viewable. We wanted to keep it kind of secret. So when people get the book, there's new stuff they haven't seen. Um, there's also an option to get the book along with one of my original graphite drawings that I actually created and scanned for the book. Um, and that's 149 for one of those there. Oh my God, that's a steal. Yeah. An original piece of art. So, um, and then you can also have me draw a custom scary story style drawing of any subject of your choice. And that can be based on your own personal nightmare or whatever scares you the most or whatever. And along with a copy of the book and that's 299. And then one person got this final tier, this highest tier. And it's five hundred ninety nine dollars, which we're like, no one's gonna, Ooh. no one's gonna give us six hundred dollars, but someone actually did. And what you get with that is two copies of the book, and Kurt writes an original story with a character named after you, and I illustrate it, and you get that all for yourself. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> that so, is that is cool. Whoever got that's a total lunatic. Like I it, it says it right there in the. In the in the text yeah yeah when she ordered it i actually texted her and i was like you're a lunatic and she responded i know <laughs> i mean people love horror yeah and we'll do um anything to be a, you know uh, there's um well even like i and i get it with like um with stephen king and all that a lot of the uh, times like for cell i don't know if you've ever read cell yeah um, I read it last year actually yeah one of the guys um the construction worker was named after someone that was um he got it as a present from his sister oh that's cool that thing is name i think his name was ralph that's i forgot cool. what the name is but yeah um people will pay to get just a, uh even if it's someone um that doesn't do much in the story they'll pay to get their their name in it the people will pay to get their likeness in a comic book to, and to get slaughtered yeah um yeah. i mean people yeah. will pay for that stuff I mean, starting at the tier where you can get the print, uh, we actually do. We also are going to be putting those names of those backers in the back of the book as special patrons of the book. 
So nice, nice, Very nice. Um, anything that that we haven't touched upon that you want to make sure to to um, go ahead and and talk about? Um, not really. Just the, the campaign ends on Halloween night. Okay. So that's kind of the last chance people will have to get the book. We might end up ordering a few extra just in case, like there are some stragglers that really want a copy. So, but I can't promise, you know, if you don't do the Kickstarter, I can't promise you a copy. Basically. And sell it for $600. $600. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, I have a question uh, yep. from a, from a, uh, purely as a, like, I guess in a, um, as a, from a retailer's perspective, mm -hmm. uh, do you, are you, are you thinking of uh, adding any like? Because I see that uh, there's there's a potential for like a stretch goal or something like that. Would there be like a or an, uh, like a, another additional tier for retailers and stuff like that? Hmm. Uh, we haven't we looked. At, about? We haven't looked into that. Um, we'd have to get like an ISBN number. Gotcha. And I don't know how much that costs. And then I don't. I don't know. I, I haven't even considered that option yet. That we decided to self-publish it completely just because we weren't sure how big the audience would be for this book. But there is, however, a stretch goal, like you mentioned. Um, if we do hit $10,000, then we have a professional voice actor who's promised to do an audiobook version of our, of our, oh, our book. Dang. So, and what's cool about it is he actually contacted us and asked if we'd be willing to let him do it. Oh. Um, and we looked into his history, and he, he actually does the voice of the ghost host for Disneyland events. <laughs> oh, nice. Like the, oh, the that's cool. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. Super cool. So we're hoping we hit that. We think we will, based on the projections. Um, we're also, oh. if I don't know if anyone that listens is, in, is from Utah, Salt Lake area, but we're, we are going to be doing a convention in Salt Lake. We're doing the Fear Con. Um, on October 11th and 12th, where you can come by and meet us and see a physical sample of the book that we're going to have printed. So, very cool. That's uh, next uh, next Friday, Saturday. Friday and Saturday. Yep. People go and see them. See this book. I'll make. Uh, do you have a um, something I can share on on the website so that people can be able to find you? Um. Yeah, I, I can share an image with you guys. You can share. Cool. That way, um, I'm going to share all the links on the um, on the description of the of the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, I'll share that image so that if anyone does listen to it and and goes goes out uh, goes out to meet you, they'll know where to find you. And um, where can people find you and um, and or Kurt uh, on on social media? Kurt doesn't have a big social media presence. Um. He's kind of reclusive, just like Stephen Gamble is, I guess. <laughs> um, but you can see my you can see my work at Shane Hunt Art, and that's on everything: their Facebook, Instagram, DeviantArt, whatever. Just Shane Hunt Art. Once again, have I missed anything? I mean, I don't want. I want to make sure that that I haven't overlooked something that that you really wanted to make sure to get out there. Um, not really. I just want to make sure people understand that. Kurt and I, we're not trying to like, we're not trying to replace Stephen and, and Alvin's work. We respect them deeply. And I just want to make it clear that we're, this book is just meant to be a fun thing for fans to have a new scary stories experience. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's right there on the title, a tribute. Yeah. To, yeah, tribute. yeah to, I mean, these, 
books, these series of books. I mean, I I found them when I was in third grade, I think. Yeah. Um, and I I'm sure I still ha- I haven't I haven't been back home to look for it, but I'm sure I I have at least the first one and the third one. I'm not sure if I have the second one or not. But you know, it's it's something that has really stuck with me, um, and I get excited when someone hasn't read them, and I'm like, "Hey, you need to read this. You definitely need to read this." Um, I don't really tell younger people to read it because I don't want to be that guy that tells them to read something and gets them in trouble. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Uh, no, but, we, get, uh, we often get asked if it's it's a children's book, and we don't have a good answer for that. Like, <laughs> I know that my kids would love it because my kids are crazy <laughs> but um, i don't want to recommend it to kids because although our book <laughs> our book does not have any like swearing or sex or, or extreme like violence or anything like that we've tried to keep it in the same exact tone as the originals um but i mean it's there's a reason i mean they were the most banned book of the 90s there's a reason why you know it's not just like there's no reason there there's a reason why people they were pretty intense for some kids I'd say it's a strong young adult book, maybe not a middle reader, but a young adult probably. I mean, the the imagery that you threw out there, I think a young adult could deal with it. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. And I think honestly, I think kids are pretty pretty uh, tough, and I think they can handle things that we don't think that they can. But it's true, they're pretty. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I think that we shouldn't. Wait, what, what, how how do I say this? We shouldn't. Um, yeah, that. But but also like, we shouldn't limit or think that they can't handle stuff that that they they can. There's a lot of things that if you know they're allowed to to watch or read, people are just like, oh no, they're too young for to watch um, it or to watch um, the even the movie Scary Stories in the Dark. You know, mm-hmm. no, I mean some 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 maybe might be too young. But there are some kids that are a lot that are a lot more mature that can really separate reality from fiction, yeah. uh, fiction from reality, and uh, they're they can take it. They and they they love horror from from a very young age, and we sh- we shouldn't stifle that because we are scared that we're gonna mess them up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Give it to them and let them enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so like I said, I'm going to go ahead and share all the, the links for the Kickstarter for the website and any information you want me to go ahead and, and include in there, I'll be I'll make sure to, to have it on the description. Um, and I want to go ahead and thank you, Shane, for, for coming on and taking the time this um, early on <laughs> on Saturday morning um, to be able to talk about, about this project. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I uh, want to go ahead and thank everybody for joining us here today. Thank you, uh, David. Thank you, Greg, for um, making sure to uh, wake up so early to, to join me as well again today. Oh, you're welcome, man. want to go ahead and just remind everybody you can um, also find the podcast on, um, on well, not only on, on iTunes or not, it's not even called iTunes anymore. It's called Apple Podcasts. What is um, that? Podbean. We've been gone that long that it's changed. Oh, my yeah. God. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Podbean, uh, Stitcher, you know, anywhere, anywhere you you find podcasts, you can also go to the website nerdsftc.com. Talk about Zoom. <laughs> Zoom. If you're listening to us on a Zoom, and you're um, that thing's a zombie already. So, um, <laughs> um, but like I said, nerdsftc.com, you can get there. Um, and you know, just let us know what you think. 
subscribe to on any platform, rate us and give us uh, your comments and let us know how we're doing. And um, pretty soon we'll be coming back with a revamped version of the show. And um, that'll be a lot sooner than than later. Oh, yeah. So uh, we'll see you guys next time. And thank you for joining us here under From the Crypt. Are you a fan of things that go bump in the night? Chills up your spine, paralyzed by fright. Thrilled by horror at the center of a chat. Then welcome to the Nerds from the Crypt Podcast.